Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Thomas Mai. And I'm Zancy Weber. The Craving Creativity Podcast is our cry for help. A way to help ourselves as creatives to talk about how we get inspired, how we create, but also how we deal with stress, mental illness, and everything in between. Now, if you're creative, you, like us, have most likely always been seen as the black sheep of your family and always making different choices than what 90% of normal people might do. Uh, not going for the safe choice, but always living a little on the edge. With the Craving Creativity Podcast, it is our hope to create a safe space where we can talk about being creative. We want to build a community of like-minded creators and help each other. Subscribe, email us, and be part of the creative journey. Welcome to Craving Creativity. This is episode 14, and my name is Thomas Mai, together here with my co-host, Zane C. Weber. And this is the show where, or a podcast, where we talk about everything in creative. And today's theme is Jack of All Trades. Now, this is a theme you came up with. It's your idea. Yes. Zane. I have often been called a, a Jack of All Trades. Yes. Um, and I... I don't know whether that's true or not. Um, you don't know whether it's flattering or not? I take it as a compliment. Good. Um, yes. Because the the phrase that the the title comes from is Jack of all trades, master of none, but better exactly. than being a master of one. Ah, um so basically yeah. you're good at you you're decently good at a lot of things yes. rather than just focusing down on being just one exactly. thing. Exactly. Um so I I describe myself as a person who collects obsessions. So yeah. I very, very early on, I was very obsessed with drawing. Then it went into science. Then it went into, well, science specifically, uh, chemistry. Then it was history and language. Uh, so I tried to teach myself Latin and ancient Greek. I failed, but I have some of it still. <laughs> uh, then it went into physics and uh, kind of experimental physics and the state of science and et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then it got into more creative things again as I went on. So in into through, through school, I went into art and drama. Yeah. And then theatre was a big one. Then podcasting was a big one and kind of uh, graphic design overarching through all of it. So I've, I've been called a jack of all trades or uh, a, a modern Renaissance man, which yeah. is a term that I realized yesterday that you didn't, you no. never heard of. No. Um, <laughs> so Renaissance men are basically these, this archetype of a person who had a lot of fingers in a lot of different pies yes. during the Renaissance, because yeah. this is when science and art were kind of blossoming and you could yes. uh, be a painter and an engineer and a theologian and a um, scientist and a scientist yeah. all at the same time. Uh, so I think I wanted to talk about the kind of yeah. either the, the benefits or the drawbacks yes. of being a Jack of all trades yes. who, who is kind of, dipping their toes into a lot of different things yes. um, either consecutively or um, at the same time. Yeah. And yeah, whether that helps your practice or yeah. doesn't. Well, I think that 
being creative, you are naturally very curious. Mm. And I think that's, that's what you've been doing, right? That's what you've, yeah. <laughs> you're trying to study all these different things. And I think that's a great thing if you are that as creative, because in order to survive in today's world, you need to understand a little bit of everything that's going on. Mm. I think definitely, like I was born at just the right time that as I was growing up, all this information became available to me. Internet. Where internet, yeah. but also the availability of books and periodicals and magazines yes. in my school library rather yeah. than like just the big main town library. Yeah. Um, I think there are, with the, with the birth, of, birth of the internet, like I could search up theoretical physics yes. and find stuff that's way over my head, yeah. find stuff that's meant for me and find stuff that was meant for children and, and educate myself without yeah. needing a teacher. Yeah. Um, so I think that is something that people now kind of take for granted. Whereas like, if you want to learn, if you want to learn about the filmography of, uh, of uh, Kate Winslet, oh, yeah. let's just keep bringing throwing Kate Winslet in there. <laughs> You don't go to a book. You yeah. don't go. You go to IMDb yeah. and you have a look through there, and then you go on a, a click, click rabbit hole down, and you see, uh, and you end up at uh, Tom Cruise somehow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I think the internet definitely makes this sort of uh, modality. Yeah, I get creative modality a lot more prevalent and a lot easier as yeah. well. Yeah, because you can just YouTube. Like, I want to learn how to play guitar. Exactly. I want to learn how to uh, sculpt. Yeah, yeah. You just go to YouTube and and phenomenal resources. And yeah, one of our previous episodes, we talked about some of the biggest inventions of our time, and I mentioned the internet. Yeah. So yes, absolutely. It's uh, not that I have anything credit to do with it. I just think <laughs> it is an amazing um, share of knowledge. It's also yeah. can also be spread of lies but that's a different story but yeah absolutely i think that um uh, jack of all trades as i said i think that it's a skill set we need to have today because mm. if you are creative you need to also understand how can you fund this is it a hobby for you great it's something you want to do full-time when you got to figure out how to make a little bit of money and that requires a different yeah. set of thinking a different way of, of of outlooking on how can you find money to fuel your creative vision yeah and absolutely. i think being a jack of all trade is a compliment. And that's why I was asking in the beginning, was it a compliment or not? Because I think it is a compliment. Someone who is who is a survivalist, somebody who can who can <laughs> go in and, and, and approach different subjects and not be intimidated by it. Yeah. I mean, I, as a jack, like I didn't set out to be no, that. No. Um, and I still don't 100% believe that I am because I, I, I'm not everywhere. I do have a, a sector of the yeah. the the pie chart of every subject in the world that I, I focus on now, um, but definitely more so when I was younger. It did seem to be a little bit frowned upon. Like you would be, you'd be like, okay, you, if you want to do music, you need to focus on yeah, music yeah, and yeah. being the best musician you can. Yeah. I was like, well, I have reached a level of musicianship that I am no longer curious about what is involved with music. So I'm going to go over here yes. and I'm going yeah. to learn how to uh, improvise. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. be an improviser. Or the theatre. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The theatre space you're in as well. Um, and I definitely think that that early grounding of like going from one thing to another until I lacked curiosity about that anymore led to me uh, kind of obsessing and mm. learning everything I can about a s subject and then moving on that has 
meant that I've sought out things that I'm interested in, learned what I could from them, and then apply that to everything that I go on afterwards. Mm. Definitely getting involved in the theatre was a huge step in how I understand how people think and how people work together. Mm. Yeah. Um, and that has really uh, been invaluable when I've got into podcasting because like here I am, I'm trying to translate other people's ideas into something in reality. uh, And, but then also in podcasting, I draw on my graphic design and my marketing because that is, that's a necessary part of, of podcasting. You don't think about the visual, the visualness of podcasting, but it is definitely an aspect of it. Um, And so all of that kind of culminates, I bring everything from behind me and apply it to whatever I'm, I move on to next. Yeah. I don't know what my next obsession is going to be. Who knows? I can't predict it because I no. couldn't have predicted podcasting, but, but here that's I am. What's so beautiful about us, what's so beautiful about life, we go through these different stages, right? Yeah. I mean, when you're six years old, uh, you have different <laughs> dreams and visions Dinosaurs. than when you're nine or 12 or 15 or 20. So we keep evolving and that's what's so beautiful. And I think that when I say the survivalist or the jack of the old trade, I think that's a huge bonus in today's world because we have to adapt it's a constant and ever-changing world and things go so fast all the time we have to be adaptable i think yeah i'm Uh, interested in in asking you have you ever had that experience of finding out something about a topic and then just like latching on oh absolutely yeah i love it yeah yeah well what what was it for you because like i've been through like I said, dinosaurs, time travel, uh, piano, yeah. uh, musician, yeah. art, sculpture, yeah. <laughs> graphic design. Yep. Um, I I go down a rabbit hole and I stay down the rabbit hole for a while. <laughs> then I come back up and go down another rabbit yeah, hole. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, so having lived and worked on five different continents. Yeah. Um, so different languages, different cultures and different just already there you have to adapt to a new environment right and coming to australia now being here 10 years it's it's you have to learn so many things not just from how to get driver's license how to how to pay taxes and how to get those basic things but also just how does the culture work and how do you Mm. do things and and i had to in in my endeavor and the way i make money i had to reinvent constantly i'm still reinventing how I make money because I got bills to pay. Yeah. Right. So, uh, in the film world, I, I, I started out as, as a producer. Then I became a film sales agent. Yeah. Then I became a, uh, a person who went out and spoke to a lot of film schools and a lot of places. And I taught my knowledge and they yeah. paid me good money for that. I was traveling around the world at a hundred days a year. Then I came into a start learning about VOD, which is, you know, before streaming, yeah. video on demand. Now we've got this thing called Amazon. <laughs> People can click and they can watch something and they can know they can get a VHS tape sent to them yeah. or a disc, a DVD disc, but it was burned on demand. So disc on demand. Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah. suddenly we had, when you're coming from Danish film world, there was a lot of Danish films that don't get out in the world. Suddenly we had all these films on Amazon in America. It was a huge thing. Then I had to move down here. I had to learn about crowdfunding and I was one of the leading experts in crowdfunding for a while in the world. So it's just constantly, yes, it was within the film world, much of it, a lot of it, but it it is different things and different avenues I have to go down. Now, right now I'm in marketing and right now I'm starting a side business on something to bring in some extra, uh, hopefully some passive (laughs) income, which has a lot of creativity to it, but I'm learning a new, I'm constantly learning new skill sets. I'm constantly adapting and I'm, Thank God, by nature, very curious. And I don't want to be 
It's not I don't want to be left behind. I'm just so curious. I, I, I can't wait to find out what's going on. Are you ever jealous of the masters? Uh, that's a- of the people who are like so, so on top of their their subject of choice that yeah. like they just know they know everything. Um, yeah. But also, if you're talking about creative people, creative masters, that yeah. they are, I find that they're just beyond my understanding. Like I can understand creativity, yeah. but a master will uh, functions yeah. on like the, on on a different level yeah. that I can actually comprehend of how they. How they create. Okay. I don't want to sit here. I'm certainly not a master or producer because <laughs> I, I made eight and some of them did okay. Won a lot of awards and all that stuff. Other ones did not do well. Our sales agent, I was pretty good mm. um, selling some big directors and stuff like that. But in terms of crowdfunding, I became one of the experts in the world on it. And yeah. for a while, I was one of the masters. And, it, and, and, and I don't... The problem was the industry I was in was the film industry and was crowdfunding film industry with people who have no money. So yeah. I didn't, <laughs> I'm not saying this, but but I, I, at one point you can rest on your laurels, but you also got to keep reinventing yourself. That makes sense? Yeah. yeah. I could have got deeper down into it. I could have stayed in Copenhagen and, and done the film sales agency. Yeah. Um, I... I don't know. I have this itch to keep going and keep trying. And I think it's driving my wife nuts a little bit. I've only managed to live with her on four. No, she's to live with me four different continents as well. Okay, so, yeah. But she says, no more moving. <laughs> We're staying here. And um, it's just, I, I just want to keep reinventing. I want to keep yeah. learning. I think that, that it's just a natural appetite to learn new things. What about you? Do you? Yeah, I, I am jealous, but I'm only jealous because they know something I don't. Yeah. Um, I feel like uh, as particularly the masters that I'm talking about, the theater masters, um, people who are like Sondheim is one of them. Like he can explain how he composed this bit referencing, referencing uh, melodies and, and sub melodies and harmonies from several different places in the thing and how he put it all together. But I'm like, how did, how did you sat at a piano and it just came out? Yeah. You didn't, you didn't sit down and go like, okay, this song is this and this yeah. song is this. And if I change it here, it works. It just came out. Yeah. And there's so many stories of people like Sondheim yeah. or, or, or other people like yeah. that who are like, the show needs something. Yeah. And they write something and it works and, yeah. it's, and it's the show, the song of the show. Okay. Um, and my, the only regret I have of not being, a master. Honestly, I don't think I have, I don't have the brain capacity to focus on just being a master because I want, I want to be everywhere at once. The one regret I have is that like, I, my, I cannot state my curiosity of how they think and how they do that because I'm not there. Well, I think it's about intuition and I think it's the 10,000 hours principle (laughs) where the more time you spend on something, the better attuned you are to what's going on. And again, um, I think it's a, it's about understand the finesses of everything. Yeah. And you're so in, aligned with that particular subject that you can answer anything. You can do anything. You can think ahead of what's going on. You can predict things to come because you feel the whole movement, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think and, that's, we spoke about this when yeah. we were like talking about taking a break, letting your subconscious yeah. do the work for yeah, you. And exactly. Like, that's obviously what they're tapping into. Yes, yes, it is. But then they immediately understand what they did. Yeah. Whereas when I do that, I'm like, oh, that works. Yeah. And not think about it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and the only thing I claim with masters is, is that at one point I was one of the 
premier experts in, in crowdfunding in the world. And and I could answer, I had a lot of people coming to me and blah, 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 blah. I don't want to my own horn or anything like that. But, but when you are suddenly faced with questions or with, and, and, you can feel like you're playing a different field. I yeah, mean, it, it's yeah. just, and I, I'm not trying to be superior here or arrogant or anything. No, but I that hope is, that, that's what I'm talking yeah, about when yeah. you're a master is like, you're now, you're not asking the questions anymore. You're being asked the questions. Yes, exactly. And, yeah. and, and, but you can answer and you can tap into something. I don't know where, but you tap in something that's bigger mm. than yourself. Right. That's yeah. the moves or whether it's, that's <laughs> the, whatever it's divine inspiration or whatever it is, but you suddenly you just have answers you didn't have yeah. before they were asked, but you pull out an answer that just, and, and again, I'm not trying to be superior because I, I'm no longer that. I was that for a period of time. Yeah, yeah. And, but, but it's just, there's something where you can just tap into something that's bigger than yourself yeah. and you can funnel that through you. And I think that's what they're doing. I, I don't know. Yeah. Look, and then like that, that's, that's like, obviously I respect their work and like, obviously what they do is creative and, and it's the peak of their field. Um, but yeah, the only reason I'm jealous of them is like, I wish I had that, uh, I wish I had that mechanism in my own brain. And I, I know that that's just something that, that I need to spend 10,000 hours doing. <laughs> like, oh, who has 10,000 hours? I've met a lot of masters in the film industry, mm. a lot of A-list. I mean, big, big stars, um, both in acting and directing, producing and stuff like that. And the problem is when you sometimes when you meet some of your stars, you don't really yeah. like them. <laughs> <laughs> you like what they've done. You yeah. like their, their, their output and you respect their influence and certainly the amount of money they've accumulated, but some of them are not very nice people. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like there are a lot of people that I love what they've done. I yeah. love their careers. I yeah. love their work, but I know if we were in yeah. a room together having dinner, I, we would not get along. No, no, I've, I've, and like, I don't want to call out Patty LaPone. Like I'm sure she's a lovely person, <laughs> but like, I just don't think we would mesh together <laughs> as a, a personality. <laughs> I've been fortunate not to meet a lot of them. And I, I, I many of them, I, I wouldn't want to hang out with for one second. So, but I want to go see their works. So, yeah. 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 Um, so yes, that's why you asked me before if I was jealous of them in, in a way, yes, in a way, no. That's fair. How do you stay curious? How do we, how do we, as we grow older and wiser, how do we always stay curious? How do you? I think I've had it easy because yeah. I've always been rewarded for being curious. Yeah. Like I've always enjoyed where my curiosity ah. has led. So I've never like, I've like, I've never been curious about welding, gone to weld and been mm either bored or I hurt myself or like I destroyed a machine or whatever. Whenever I've been curious and I follow that curiosity, I've been able to achieve a level of uh, competency that I'm mm. like, okay, this is cool. This is, I enjoy doing this. And then when it disappears, I'm like, okay, I let it go. And yeah. I move on to wherever my curiosity leads. Next. Usually while I'm doing one thing, my curiosity will lead somewhere else and I'll do both for a time. And then I'll just, move on naturally. Um, but yeah, I think it's just rewarding yourself and not yeah. judging yourself yeah. if you're, if you're not good at it. Yeah. Um, because like, I'm not good at piano, uh, but I enjoyed trying to learn it. And yeah. then when I was like, this isn't happening quickly enough for it to be worth <laughs> it for me anymore. For the effort. Okay. I, see <laughs> I was like, oh, look, I, I can bang out a tune and like, that's, that's what I use it for now. Yeah. But other than that, like, I think I can move on to other, like singing uh, is much more rewarding for yeah. me. Um, I, for yeah. me, it was, we had a, this is when I was a kid mm. growing up before the internet, uh, we had a newspaper delivered a daily at our house. 
and my dad would read it, but I would also read it. I would read every article mm. in that newspaper every single day. And I was eight, nine, ten years old when I started doing that. And I've always had this sensation for lust for information. Yeah. And I devour so much information every day on the internet. It's and it's mindless. It's 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 it just comes in and some of it stays and other <laughs> stuff just leaves. But I just I, every day I wanna know what's going on in the world. And that's honestly like that is that's the downside of yes. the, the wonders of the internet yeah. is uh, numbness. Yeah. Is just numbness yeah. to import. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But now we're doing this podcast. I've never done Absolutely. a podcast before. We yeah. get learning, redoing things. Who knows how long we're going to do this podcast for? <laughs> but right now I'm enjoying it and it's a fun process for yeah. so far. And we seem to be able to come up with themes we can talk about all the time. So <laughs> and as I long think as we can do that and we're having fun. The reason I ended up in podcasting is it can, podcasting can be a platform for so many other yes. interests. Yes. So you can, I do a podcast on musical theater. Yeah. I do a podcast on uh, horror movies. I do yeah. a podcast on podcasts. Yeah. Um, and, it, and that's kind of like podcasting is not necessary. The, the actual methodology of podcasting no. is something that I was interested in. Yeah. And, and now I consider myself a, a very competent person at it. Yeah. Um, but podcasting is a launching pad for so many other obsessions. Exactly. Yeah. And so I think that's why podcasting like theater is here to stay because it is so variable. You can find so much. Nice. So, so much uh, inspiration yeah. and curiosity oh, within yeah. that. Yeah. I listen to a lot of podcasts and just <laughs> proud and happy to be part of something hopefully people will listen to. So I am interested in your top three because yes. here we were like top three yeah. jacks of all trades. Okay. So I'm going to mention someone first. I know you have the same person on the list. Okay, I'm, I'm sure we do. So um, someone who was an inventor, someone who was an engineer, someone who was a scientist, someone who was an architect. Somebody who was into astronomy, who was something into anatomy, into botany, <laughs> cartography, and of course, painting and sculptures. The original the Renaissance original. man. Yes. <laughs> da Vinci. Yes, yes. So we both have him, of course. So how can we not? I mean, he's just so, it's just amazing what he did. I mean, it's just, he was just- So much so that there's now mythology around Da Vinci. Really? Yeah. Well, of like with the Da Vinci Code. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. All that sort of thing. Book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. also um, like his hidden journals and, yeah, yeah. And, and his hidden life, who, which was like, because Italy just didn't recognize homosexual yeah, relationships course, yes. because they were having, uh, if, because they, they were openly homosexual, but it just wasn't recognized. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, like the mythology around Da Vinci and his works now is yeah. is very interesting to. to he, would, he would write codes in backwards and couldn't read through a mirror. mirror. And all these things he would do. He was just yeah. You can't get a. He's the ultimate jack of all trades, isn't yeah. he? It's um, and I think that is the Da Vinci was like the coalescence of a person who had an incredibly. Uh, plastic brain and high intelligence yeah. just in the right place to just absorb everything yeah. and, and just make a, make a synergy where like, it's like he puts the engineering together and he puts the anatomy into his sculpture and he yeah. puts the, the sculpture into his art and the sculpture into architecture uh -huh. and, and the, yeah, the coalescence of the right place, right time with the right capacity is yeah. I think Da Vinci. You said yeah. plastic brain. What does that mean? Uh, able to change okay. and absorb new okay. things, think new yeah. ways. Um, usually, as you grow older, your brain gets less plastic, like uh, there's less new so it's neurons the plasticity, forming. not the plastic, plastic. Yes, and, yeah, plasticity. Got it, got it. Yeah. Got it. yeah. Just making sure. <laughs> but yeah, Just Da Vinci. English here 101. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, yeah, Da Vinci, I, is one of the people that I would love to 
have met. Yeah. Um, just to see what he is like because there's – His again, workshop. I mean, just yeah. go into the workshop and see what he was working on. Yeah, it's absolutely. He's, he seemed like he never stopped working. It's, it's fascinating. <laughs> All right, so we both have him. We both have him. So what do you have besides that? So my next one yeah. is probably not on your list because I only knew him – I only know of him through uh, – both through theatre, but then also through my interest in like civil rights and and that sort of thing in America. Yeah. So his name's Paul Robeson. Okay. Um, so he's famous for his role in Showboat, both on stage and yeah. in and in the movie. Yeah. Uh, so he's a bass baritone singer. Yeah. Uh, he released like 267 songs. Very famous that. But before that, he was a professional athlete. So he's in the the football hall of fame uh, in America. He's a writer and a, and a political activist. Uh, he can speak seven different languages and so was a multilingual orator. So we'd go around okay. giving speeches in seven different languages. Uh, he was also a lawyer yeah. and again, uh, big involved in the civil rights, oh, wow. uh, civil rights movement specifically wow. to get oh, the, the three fifths amendment oh, yeah. abolished so that, yeah. so that African-American people were considered the same as real people, the same as white people. Um, and, yeah. So that was kind of where he came from the 19, 19- 1920s through to 1950s. Okay. Paul Robeson, uh, yeah, like athlete. I could never be an athlete, <laughs> um, but that end. So he was an an artist, an actor, a singer, a musician. Uh, a, he knew seven languages. He was a practicing lawyer uh, and also a philosoph- philosophical scholar and a professor. So it was uh, just in everything. He okay. he was, wow. and especially I'll- for an African American man at the time. Uh, again, right place, right time. Wow. Yeah. I would love to find out more about him. Yeah, absolutely. I and will. Uh, again, in the show notes, we're yeah. going to put all the links to all these people we're talking about. Yeah. The next one that's on my list, you will know. So don't, I, won't, okay. I won't have to orate so long well, about it. Well, let's turn this around. If I <laughs> tell you the next person, I'm going to give you some clues. If you can okay. guess this, I'll be very impressed. Okay. All right. <clears throat> so the next person has been nominated for 10 Oscars. Okay. Okay. So that's one clue. He's won one. That's okay. But he's also a race car driver. He won the IndyCar series, and he several times. He and he won the uh, American Sports Car Club series many times. And here comes the kicker. And no, no. And, and then he also set up some um, some uh, summer camps for ill children. So he raised a lot of money. And then here comes the kicker. He had his own dressing that was sold in supermarkets. That is still sold in supermarkets. I don't know if it's in Australia, but certainly around America. So I'm aware of this person, but I do not know his name. I cannot think of his name. Okay. Is it him? Right. Him? Who? Yeah, it's him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's him. Um, yeah, no. Tell, tell me his name. I, I, Paul Newman. Paul, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, as soon as you said the, the dressing, I yeah. was like, okay. okay the dressing is the kick. The, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the 10 Oscars, no, nah, it's all right. <laughs> Nominations, the race cutter up, the dressing, yes. Well, nominated so for 10 Paul, won one. The only other person that's done that is uh, DiCaprio, right? Yeah, I don't know if he's nominated 10 times. Probably. I think maybe he's only been nominated eight. Yeah. yeah. Well, Tony was nominated Ten times, and he won for the color of money. But anyway, um, but he was a jack of all trades. Yeah. I mean, he, of course, he was actor, uh, but he was in love with, with, uh, with cars, and yeah. he had his own team, and he would race. He would go real race for real against other and one and one. Yeah, IndyCar <laughs> series and this other series called the American Sports Car Club series, which I don't know much about. I'll link all this stuff in the show notes, of course. But then he made his dressing. He started making it for his friends and family, and they loved it so much, and they. He just he tried to put it on a bottles and they sold it in supermarkets and they made three hundred thousand dollars profit the first year. 
And that's when they realized, I don't need the money. I'm going to give this all away. Yeah. So they went to yeah. charities and they started something called the Serious Fun Network, which is summer camps for ill children around cool. the world. Yeah. So you did a lot of stuff. And I just think that's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> on a similar on a similar note, obviously not in as many different sectors of, of the world, but uh, I almost put Ashton Kutcher on my yeah, list yeah. because okay, he's an investor. He, he's an investor, but he's, he also started a foundation to stop uh, – uh, sex trafficking. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. So he and he and his wife or ex-wife Demi Moore um, basically started this oh, yeah, this yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. this uh, organization to yeah. fight uh, sex trafficking. Yeah. And I think that that is the kind of modern Renaissance kind of person yes. is the person who s- strikes it big, earns a name, and then goes on to do better things using that name. Like yeah. Emma Watson is another one that I think will go on to do things yeah. like that in the yeah. future. Very Justin Timberlake, like, again, an investor as well as an yeah. actor and musician. Yeah. I didn't put a lot of like just creative people because I think a lot of creative people, like uh, Donald Glover is a hip hop artist, a comedian, an actor, a dancer. Like yeah. he does a lot of things. They're all kind of creative though. And I think that kind of feeds into each other. The person on my list is Isaac Asimov. Yeah. So famous for writing. Yeah. Uh, foundation, for, right? For yes, foundation. And it's coming out on Apple yes. TV. Yeah, absolutely. He's making a TV I'm show. So forward to see it. Yeah. Um he wrote, and let me see if I can get the uh he wrote something like nine thousand essays over his over the time nine thousand. Um he he has been accused of being of being afflicted with graphomania, which is a compulsion to write. Um <laughs> what's it called? Graphomania. 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 Yeah. Um so uh iRobot Foundation trilogy. But what I want to talk to talk to you about is his writings, his books, uh his nonfiction stuff appears in nine out of the 10 categories of the Dewey Decimal System. So he was a master across almost every section of scholarly pursuit. Um, And his passion was to turn scientific finding into uh, layperson speaking, explaining scientific concepts and okay, things. So he was a scientist as well? He was a professor and oh, a researcher. Not know that. Yeah. Not know that. Um, so he, he, his, hook for science fiction is he writes hard science fiction. So science fiction that has a strong basis in reality reality. or in the, in the concepts known to science at the time. Yeah. Um, It's an oxymoron science fiction and reality, but yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I did not know he was a professor. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So, and so all of his essays and things, his collected works is, he is literally in everything. I'll, I'll tell you the 10, uh, Dewey Decimal categorization. What do you say Dewey Decimal? What is that? So Dewey Decimal is a classification system in libraries oh. that kind of splits splits libraries into different uh, different sections of Got it. study. So things like, uh, where are we? We have uh, general works, philosophy and psychology, religion, uh-huh. social science, language, natural sciences and mathematics, technology, the arts, literature and rhetoric, uh, and history, biography, and geography. So of those 10, he appears in nine of them. Wow. I couldn't find out which one he doesn't appear in. I, <laughs> I can't imagine it being the arts, um, but maybe social sciences he doesn't. Maybe. Uh, let's in. see if I can look it up in the show notes when I add the show notes. Yeah. Okay. So this is, again... I almost didn't put him on just because it is kind of one sector mm. of 
kind of knowledge and activity, but just that he was so prolific in so many different areas of study and science mm. and uh, speculation. Uh, I think that he has earned him his hair. And he, of course, is the progenitor of the three rules of uh, uh, robot. Uh, ah. uh, the, the like, do no harm. Yeah. 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 Okay. So he came <laughs> up with that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Huh. Interesting. I'm familiar with his work. Um, or am I? I'm, I'm, you will definitely have heard. No, I've of, never heard of him of, so many of, times. Of, and I've heard so about the foundation stuff, so yeah. many times. And I've read so much, but I've never got started the foundation. But a lot of a lot of his stuff has been converted into movies like iRobot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but again, the, the modern interpretations of the text are not really... Mm. <laughs> no, really. I'm uh, looking forward to the foundation. Let's yeah. see if, if how, that, how they're going to pull that off. Yeah. Um, the last one I want to talk about, who is a jack of all trades. He, he's not as many trades as the other ones, but mm-hmm. he broke something, uh, stigmas and how you're supposed to do it. And I, I've talked about him before and just Charlie Chaplin. Absolutely. This is a great and one. Yeah. of course, he is an actor. He's a producer. He is a director. He's a composer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he create a lot of music at the time. Smile is one Smile of my favorite is an songs. Amazing song. But what he also did was he broke up with the Hollywood fixed contract system and mm. he created United Artist, um, which was an independent studio where you would have complete control. Um, because up until then you had a contract for five films or six films and you could only work on those, you couldn't work anywhere else and they yeah. owned you and it was a it was a feudalian what do you have a feudal feudal system <laughs> yes a problematically uh, feudal system yes uh, that way you were inherited and you, you got traded across and it was just it was just terrible at the time and he he broke that up on yeah. that monopoly and that control the studios had over directors and actors yeah. and, and paved the more way for the more modern way and he had a huge fight in his hand and then of course he had some left leaning uh, political opinions yeah and so much so that the MacArthurisms got to him. And that they, was uh, Paul Robeson as well. Yes, <laughs> and because uh, he he thought kindly of his fellow man, he he left America yep. and never to return again. And yeah, and that is, I think, I think Chaplin is definitely in the same arena as Da Vinci and Isaac Asimov, of not necessarily someone who has a career, but someone who is a thinker and just achieves in in the place where they want to exactly because Chaplin definitely saw what was happening and how and how to change it and had strong opinions fought against a system that was very rigid and very controlling and he came up with the United Artists and for that he besides his body of work and his yeah what he's delivered to us for that he's just uh, has my deepest respect so absolutely well that's Great list. Deb, thank you very much. And likewise, yeah. <laughs> like you with Da Vinci. <laughs> uh, yeah, so if you want to uh, let us know if we've missed anyone out, yeah, um, or if you are a Jack or Jill of all trades, uh, yes. send us an email um, and let us know, yeah, what you're working on, what, you, what, you're currently, what your current obsession is. That would be awesome. Uh, give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or on whatever podcatcher you're listening to us on. Can't do it on Spotify, but, you know, share it with your creative friends. Uh, and if some, you have someone who's very proud of being a jack-of-all-trades, share it with them. Absolutely. Yeah. Until next time, I've been Zane C. Weber. And this is Thomas Mike. Uh, keep creating things. Peace.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.